Why is Omaha and KC's relationship so long? Is it just the geography? Like, would you keep a whole relationship based on that? What's up, Dadhead crew, and welcome to another episode of the Dadhead Chronicles. Actually, this is a three-part episode. That's right. Uh, I got to sit down and have an awesome conversation with Dan Napoli. He is a uh, film producer. He produces a lot of cool documentaries. And the one that we really uh, discuss in this three-part episode is uh, 50 Summers, uh, in which uh, it has to do with the Omaha Storm Chasers. I, this year I went there and I, that's where I got to meet them. And we really um, got to bond and had a good, really good conversations while we were there. Uh, so I invited him on and he was, I mean, the stories, how he got a lot of the people that were on the film, um, the sets that he produced, all that stuff, right? Like part one, we really get to know him um, as a fan uh, and some of the cool stories about getting some of the people, for example, uh, Warren Buffett, right? Uh, listen, I'm, I can't tell you too much because it, I really had a lot of fun with this one um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, make sure you guys are following him uh, on all of the socials, website, all that stuff. But I digress. I'm going to go ahead and give you the episode. All right. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Data Chronicles. You guys already know me, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. My name is Ed. And with me, guys, today, I'm super excited. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. I went to this celebration, you know, with this guy that I know uh, from Let's Get To. His name is Jim, I think. Uh, he invited me over to Omaha, Nebraska, guys. He invited me to Omaha, Nebraska. And we were there. And then I got to meet this cool dude. And he so was like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, you know, uh, I'm a filmmaker and all that. And then come to find out, this guy directed one of one of the coolest minor league documentaries out there, guys. 50 Summers. You guys got to watch it. But I have with me today, Dan. Excuse me. I apologize. Napoli. How are you today, my friend? How you been? I'm good, man. Dude, after an intro like that, how, I can, how can I not be? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good, man. Just, um, you know, it's the the full swing of like spring into summer like weather's beautiful it's great times for games awesome times time for sports we got hockey got um i'm not a huge basketball fan um full mm -hmm. disclosure it's probably what i follow the least but i grew up in denver so the nuggets making uh the nba Bro, finals last night a full sweep dude yeah wild dude lots of friends uh, my best friend growing up is a huge basketball fan so i know i know I know B Dub back home in 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 Denver is 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 very psyched. Um, working on a bunch of cool projects. Got to meet all you guys when when Jim and, and brought the whole uh, uh, the whole gang out to to Omaha. Super nice that he invited me. It was rad that we got to meet each other, and and it's super and, fun doing this. And here we are, right? Yeah. Uh, and oh, by the way, yeah, like I mean, I, I grew up in you know born Puerto Rico, but grew up in Cleveland, and then you know somehow I got into hockey basketball is the one the last sport in my in my list that i okay. follow as well i'm with you there and I, but look listen I, i'm a Cavs fan you know I'll, I'll root for my team over there but man hockey right now and you know we've adopted the my wife and i we've adopted the uh carolina hurricanes as our team obviously being here ah. in north carolina sorry man i know i know right but being in raleigh so you got to kind of take a team and then we you know 
we just had a date night to go to the hockey game. How awesome Dude, that's was that? Awesome to the play to the playoff game. That's that's very cool. Not only that, but get this: that was my very first NHL game. Ever. Oh, wow. And it happened to be a playoff game, dude. So, dude, funny thing to tie it to, back to baseball in two ways. Um, so I grew up like a huge hockey fan mm-hmm. when it wasn't. Um, I mean, so this is pre like we didn't get the avalanche didn't come until the summer in between my freshman and sophomore year of college. Okay. But my dad's an East Coaster, like we're from Brooklyn, hence okay. like the Vin Scully shirt. Beautiful um, shirt. So, um, and you know, obviously original eight Rangers was like huge hockey fans. So watched tons of hockey growing up. And like my first hockey game, I guess was a Colorado Rockies game because what a lot of people, I should say a lot of people, what some people don't know is the, that's, that's where they land, why they landed on the name for the baseball team. Mm -hmm. Colorado had an NHL team from like maybe like 78 to 80 that was the Colorado Rockies no way yeah so dude if you ever see on that classic Colorado like you see a lot of those shirts where it's like the triangle yeah and the blue and white mountain and the sea and the like that's what was on their jerseys and stuff like that which by the so, way it made a comeback to it with the avalanche yeah yeah man. beautiful man oh yeah my they God. do some cool they, they they do some cool deals it was it was it was awesome to see them win last year um bummed that um they got knocked out but i mean seattle was was playing awesome um abs had a lot of injuries this year but mm-hmm. uh tip of the cap to those guys but yeah i'm 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 a big sports guy uh All big around. sports fan so obviously it would well, i guess it would make sense um and i i mean very low level i don't want to misrepresent but um i did play uh get a scholarship to play like d2 college baseball no so, shit yeah just a little out here and uh in Western Nebraska, University of Nebraska at, at Kearney. You know, I always say, man, dude, if, if you're like a left-handed pitcher, which I was, it's like yeah. you get a lot of extra lives, you know? So. <laughs> you get you get to go around a couple of times around just because you're yeah, a lefty. Man, yeah, yeah. People give you a couple extra shots. So You're like, I'm going to go ahead and keep sticking around because, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I love yeah. it, man. That's awesome. It, you know, I wish I was – I only played like – I mean, I would say a little bit over half a season in, as a freshman in high school. I play catcher. I'm six foot two, right? Like, we, you met me. Like, ah, I'm a big dude. dude. Yeah, dude. And my knees gave out after that. So I was like, I'm out. You know? I'm bad, man. So. Yeah, that's, that's, I know. Uh, my, dude, one of my two catchers throughout high school was a big, big dude, um, your size. And I know, and he also went on to play at a different D2 school. And I know yeah. Josh's knees ultimately really started to get to him yep. by the end. And, uh, and that's why I just had to stop. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm just, if I want a, a good quality of life, I'm going to need to just do something else because man, my knees are just, when you go up the stairs now as a 41 year old, all I hear is, I'm like, oh like God. The creaking. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what are you going to do? Um, okay. So, you know, let's, let, what I want to do before I go, we go into our uh, talk about the the film because I, I I have a thousand thousand questions. I was just telling you offline that I was literally watching the documentary again because I've watched it like a thousand times, but I was rewatching it um, just so I can you know come up with some questions right first in my mind. Sure. Um, but how you know why sports right like you know why baseball like you know a, a lot of people ask was like you know how did you become a fan but I'm like. Why you landed as your number one passion, if you know, as far as far you know, as far as sports is concerned, as being baseball? I mean, I just I grew up, and and I mean to be honest, you know, it's it's definitely evened out with mm-hmm. a lot of other 
same here sports and stuff as yeah. as i've gotten older but yeah i mean it's just it was like i you know i mean my dad i mean it just was in our household my dad was a huge mm-hmm. baseball fan i mean brooklyn dodgers guy grew up in i think it was like it was like eight or nine years old when they won the series in 55 so he remembers like that that whole you know so it's i mean that just was kind of ingrained like he and my mom um they were still in new york so they had um they had season tickets i think to the bank they worked at to like the 68 miracle mets oh my and, god you know for a lot like you know quick new york baseball history right it's like and i mean and that's why the mets have the blue and the orange the orange yep. is from the giants like I and mean, my dad would tell me like crazy shit which is funny it wasn't a, a big deal then but it's a big deal now you know he would like take the, the you know the train to like polar grounds as like a seven-year-old you're like what that doesn't happen anymore man you would never do that you would never do that now so um but but yeah so um they kind of transferred over to being you know Mets fans because it was um you know the the way that I was always told as it's handed down I know this is overly uh, of course uh, you know very broad sweeping generalization but that (laughs) is like you know if you had grease on your hands and you're a blue collar. Yeah, you like the Giants or the Dodgers. If your if your dad wore a suit and carried a briefcase, you were a Yankees fan. Now, of course, you do Bronx, and that's not a, a right. broad sweeping. You know, like I said, that's an overgeneralization. Um, but that's how my 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 family would break down the kind of like <laughs> early fifties um, in, in baseball. So yeah, dude, just always played it. Um, loved watching. Um, you know, I mean, I, I can still always remember Sunday nights, um, John Miller and, um, Joe Morgan doing like, um, so lots of Vince Scully. Um, so yeah, dude, just as, as long as I can remember. And then really dude, like, um, and not even out of spite, but like, like my fandom really cooled off with, um, the, the 94 strike. Yeah. Um, really because I, I mean, it was, uh, um, convergent of a bunch of different stuff. Obviously I was like sucked and was, you know, pissed. There was no baseball, but I was Obviously, you know, yeah. graduating high school. I was getting into college. I was starting to get more and more in, in deeper and deeper into like music and action sports and like all of these other things. Mm-hmm. So it was like, there's all these other things in life, just kind of starting to compete with my baseball dem- anyways. And then baseball has gone for 18 months or however long it was yeah so it was kind of like um you know casually watching stuff i mean honestly it was like moving to omaha and um which uh you know i did in 2006 and then eventually going to storm chasers game in the new park and kind of get that was getting a like oh man it's kind of kind of rekindled a little bit a little baseball baseballism i guess yeah, I, great company, by the way. Great. They got a lot of cool, uh, cool stuff. Uh, but, okay. But, and by the way, you gave me the perfect segue, so much appreciated. Thank you so much. I try, man. I do. I, that, was, that was really good. I I, I out, yeah, that was really good. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this, right? Because, obviously, and in, 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 I've since, since uh, like, a year or two before COVID happened, that's when I discovered, the, you know, this film, right? And I you know 2020, you it was released, we right? Came out, dude. Dude, we we came out 
we came out less than six weeks before the, the that's what okay shut down for covid i remember because then i'm i'm sitting at home obviously no one is doing a damn thing and yeah. i was like you know what let me watch this and i saw i told my wife i was like that's when i was like my my fandom for not just baseball right but minor league baseball right that's when it re- like yeah. and then i i just i could i i could not get enough of like documentaries and shows and videos of minor league baseball and then i came across this one and it was um where was it on amazon yep yep it was on amazon prime and i was like boom here we go An hour and a half perfect let's do this yeah Man. so dude it's it's wild are originally um Gravitas Ventures is our distributor. Yep. Um, like who? Like who knows? Like so. Originally, they were we were going to release it. Um, I think they and I apologize. I'm sure we're kind of jumping all out of order. No, here, go for it. Do you good? Right now. This is yeah. Um, so I think you know they. I, I think they 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 bought the film in the summer of yeah in in the I think in the summer of nineteen. Mm-hmm. Spring, late late spring early summer of 19 yeah yeah because we finished festival circuit yep and then originally we're talking about like okay well like deliver like we think we'll we'll put it out during like the world series mm-hmm. um around that time because baseball interest is high yep. and then as we started getting closer to that um they were like hey actually you know what we think we think spring training would actually be an even better time period because everybody's super positive, right? You always have optimism. Yep. Your team, you're excited, and we're like, oh, that that sounds awesome. Like, okay, that makes a bunch of sense. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think it comes out like February 18th, 2020. Oh my God, dude. So, you know, and we were talking what we were going to do for promotion. There was, you were, we were maybe going to do some things with minor league baseball at some screenings and some different, you know, all of these potential different plans. And just obviously like everybody else in the world, you know, the, the bottom just falls out and you're like, Oh my God. Okay. Well, what are, you know, and like, I, I mean, it's cool to hear you say that story. Cause we did end up hearing that for people. Like we started doing a lot of podcasts, you know, the flip side of all this, is like people are trapped at home yeah you don't have sports um you know i know the chasers even did a really cool like a drive-in movie like screening of it during because you know of course there's no season in 2020 so just so there there was something like they showed it up on the jumbotron and then like had people like people parked and went and um so you know it, it was cool but there's also of course a very interesting like oh man like what maybe would have been like what could have been right yeah wild i you know but but like you you know we're talking about it's like it's now picking up some steam uh yet again we're in 2023 right like you know right in the middle of baseball season now dude we just uh the film just landed um and i didn't even know about it i was logging in to watch something else but um the film just landed on peacock um april 15th that's amazing um, so dude new new people are finding it like dude the super super wild story legit this just happened last week um i'm on the phone with uh quickbooks like tech for yeah. you know the accounting software and you know she's like oh what did you so okay you can because my production company now is called aroa cinema and she's yeah. like what so you're in film right i was like yeah film for your production she's like oh would you would it be anything that i've seen and i was like i'd probably not i was like i do a lot of documentaries i did this minor league baseball documentary like 50 summers she's like oh i know 50 summers i'm like 
No, you don't. She's like, oh, no, I totally do. My, We just got my dad set up with Peacock this weekend. He's a huge minor league <laughs> baseball fan in Reading. Like, we watched it. She's like, you also, she's like, I looked up your thing. So, okay, then you also did this, like, paintball documentary, right? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> so bizarre, dude. Like, super wild. That's amazing, dude. Like, you're just literally talking about, like, well, I, I need to get my accounting done. But thank, keep coming, though, because I love this. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, absolutely. Or I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get back to the um, reason I'm calling, like, whatever. <laughs> right. Like, why, 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 uh, why, is it, why is it receivable, like, clicking off like it's supposed to? But, yeah, that was, that was, um, and so I was like, oh, this is the first. She's like, yeah, we just logged into Peacock. So, like, that's always interesting. You, like, you never know when people are going to find it or, um you know and i've got that from a couple folks that have reached out that this is because you know dude it's so crazy there's so many streaming networks out there there's oh my God, so much many. content it's you yeah do you you can't you know it's everybody's um, competing for their for their piece of the pie absolutely and so it's really easy to sort of get lost and then you also don't everybody you know Amazon Prime's, uh, I think it's the most accessible streaming network, but like not everybody uses it the same way or not everybody uses it mm -hmm. as much. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, this film that was shot mostly in 2017 and 2018, here we are in 2023 and like folks are finding it for the first time, which is kind of neat. So, you know, I literally, no joke. During that time period, I literally just put baseball on on Amazon, and then I just started looking for. Looking that's for what it was. Whatever, you, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Yeah, I'm adding it to my list. Adding it to my list. Adding it to my list. Because you needed something to do, right? You you know during that time, and then you go back and watch it again, and you're like, man, this is why I love baseball, right? This is why I love minor league baseball. Uh, okay, but let but let's 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 dive into this into the the documentary itself. Uh, my first question is. Why the hell did you want to make this documentary? So, dude, great question. And, you know, all, I have to give like all the credit, uh, the 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 onus, like the the germ for this idea is came from our producer, Bill Hipsher. Mm -hmm. um, and unlike unlike me, Bill is a lifelong Omaha guy okay. lives here forever going to Royals games, Omaha Royals, you know, I, I mean, Bill is as Omaha as as, as, guess, as can yeah. be. Yeah. And um you know, so he owns um, a, a like this really kind of like progressive uh, ad agency called Hurt Ad. It's like media marketing and entertainment is how it's it, yeah. it, it's branded. And um, Storm Chasers were like a social media and like digital marketing client mm -hmm. for Hurt Ad. And Bill was like, hey, you know, this minor league baseball story is just an undertold story. It's an underserved, you know, you, you, I don't think their story is really out there, um, you know, in the world. And this mm -hmm. is after, you know, having worked with the chasers for a couple, a couple of years and, you know, much like yourself and, and, uh, you know, working with anybody that, that spends any time in minor league baseball, like you quickly realize it's not, uh, um, it's not really about. I shouldn't say it's not really about, but um, the next generation of pro superstars is only one small element mm -hmm. of the minor league baseball experience. 100%. You know? Oh, yeah. And you don't get, you know, and, and think like a lot of folks, you know, that's just not really present. 
Um, so, you know, we sat down. Um, I was running um, Herd Out Films, which is yeah. the film and production division for Bill at the time. And, you know, it was, it was like, um, you know, we're doing a lot of other action sports documentaries. That's kind of where my background comes from. Okay. And he said, dude, we should, I, you know, I want, I want to make this film um, and like set down like three pillars for me. And it was like, we've, we've got to spend some time with the game day, with the present day experience of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotta be, uh, about the Omaha story. And, and I want people to, to get a bigger experience of just what minor league baseball <laughs> is like. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, then that's on my plate to be like, okay, dude, you know, make this a story, like make this a thing. Um, and then Omaha was also coming up on as is the title of the film and has it set. It was its 50th season. It was its 50th anniversary of being yeah. the Royals AAA team. That was the second longest affiliation in all of baseball. I think Reading and Double A has been like a few years longer, and it's the longest at AAA. So then, just myself as a filmmaker, and I come from like my degrees in journalism. Yeah, like I'm always a why guy. I always want to ask why, you know, when you see something like that, like the, the Sesame street, like, okay, one of these things is not like the other, like, well, why, why, well, why do the affiliations change all the time? Why is Omaha and KC's relationship so long? Is it just the geography? Like, would you keep a whole relationship based on that? So like for me as a storyteller and a filmmaker, like that's where I start coming in and I start looking to peel off the, the layers mm-hmm. of the onion. And then, you know, we really kind of, um, you know, stumbled into like a whole as as you get, we'd be like, oh, okay, there's a lot more layers to this onion than we maybe we maybe think. Yeah, and it was it was awesome to see that uh, that you know some of the faces that we as fans of minor league baseball we recognize, right? Like you know, Brandios was on it, right? You know, like oh, yeah. You know Ben's Biz, right? You know Ballpark Digest, like these guys, like are the are the people that we follow on social media that you know of, right? But then also you have, you know, you included the uh, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, right? Iconic now, like you know that's like as cool as it get when it comes to uh, minor league baseball logos during bowls, right? You know, listen, if you don't know anything, if if anything is like you know during bowls that you know what I mean, you'll know what yeah. it is at that point. So it yeah, was dude, like Parney and Richmond. I mean, man, you know, all, all of that stuff. I mean, the, I, you know, I can't give, you, you can't give enough credit to, you know, Marty Cordero, who's, yeah. who's kind of the main subject of our film. You know, if, if you will, you got to kind of have a focal point and, and, and everybody knows, you know, is of that franchise and, and, you know, but just a lot of people from the chaser staff, um, uh, Gary, Gary Green and Larry, um, who, who own the team of really opening the, the, the doorway for us to make all of those, like, not just, um, you know, put that hit list together, if you will, mm-hmm. but like, get us, um, you gotta get it through the door, access, right? Yeah. Ac- access and comfort, man. So I've been doing, I've been doing documentaries, um, in one shape or form since 1999. Like I started as a music supervisor um, and like trust and comfort with your subjects is everything. Like yeah. if, if you don't have that, like you can't make 
you know, and I always say that's kind of the difference between like doc and reality yeah. TV in the entertainment. Like we're, we're not trying to have that. Oh, gotcha moments. Um, but, but you gotta have, you gotta have that connection. And it was instant. It was an instant. Yes. And it was instant credibility um, coming from those, you know, three people, Larry, Gary, Marty, and then Marty's staff, like um, some other folks in the front office, you know, making those calls and kind of lining some of those things up. That's like, hey, we're, um, we're doing a documentary on us, but it's also on minor league baseball. Like, would you participate? And like, you know, Parney was like from Richmond, who's awesome, who we like I'm speaking of Carolina and, and this, the mid-Atlantic region, super bonded immediately. Like I'm a massive pro wrestling fan. His, um, pan, his the panther he wore was amazing, dude. He's actually wearing a Ric Flair T-shirt under his zip-up. Like, oh, that's amazing! It. Until like we went went off air, where or we cut camera, I should say, and we were talking, and I we can't remember what reference. He, I think he said something about, oh yeah, some of the you know even some pro wrestlers lived in my neighborhood, and I'm like, oh really? Who? And so we kind of chatted. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I mean that was amazing. So we we couldn't have got. Um, that access and that comfort level without, um, without, um, you know, Marty, Larry, Gary, and, you know, the rest of the Omaha front office that really like, you know, welcomed us in and, and, and opened all of these doorways for us. They really did champion, you know, making this a successful documentary and it, and it can be very hard, I'm sure, because uh, Listen, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's that's the, the thing at the end of the day, right? Um, but let me ask you, because obviously I've never been on that side of the the business. Like I've never done any kind of film or anything like that. If anything, I just have a YouTube channel with a bunch of videos. That's it. Nothing else. Right. But like I want to know, like, you know, what is that process? Like, all right, so you 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 got that idea, you pitched the idea, but like I'm sure there has to be like a, plenty of time for you to come up with like the storyline, the subject, you know, sub subject. I mean, cause there's a lot, there's a lot going on with this yeah, documentary. Um, I think, I think the biggest um, surprise um, in documentary filmmaking that I run in with uh, across my conversations with people mm -hmm. is how much writing is in documentaries. Documentaries have writers and that doesn't mean we're feeding people lines, but like, and again, not in a reality way, but like, dude, go, go look at like award-winning docs, you know, that win Academy Awards, like they have writers. There mm -hmm. is actually, you know, a massive research process and um, writing. And again, as, as a director, that's where I come from of a three act structure or a five act structure and how you're going to kind of like graph that in. And then sometimes like, um, you know, it's, the the biggest um or, or, or something that came up so originally we potentially had some plans or some talks to maybe even feature more teams mm -hmm. but you almost get a thing with minor league baseball where there's too many go i mean i know there's not now after the cuts but like there's 168 franchise well i can't have 168 characters right in right. a like you're not gonna follow anything so um, you know, my approach is I'm always a big, like 80, 20 guy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I know it's why we were talking off air before we started rolling about how, um, how I do interviews and it's a lot, how you do stuff. We both like this, like 
don't like this over preparation, right? Like I don't right. share questions and I don't, and, and because otherwise you get this rigidness and, and like, I bring that approach when I go to a doc that like you're coming in with your prepared, um, we've got our playbook and we practiced, but we still leave, I still leave 20% to call an audible, right? At mm -hmm. like the line of scrimmage to be like, dude, they're in cover too. This is not going to work. Like the opportunity is here. Like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, and the biggest, biggest example of that for 50 summers was, and I feel dumb even saying this, but I didn't realize how much, I didn't realize that Bull Durham changed the industry. That changed the game. Like, I mean, you know, I loved the movie as like, an, you know, 11, 12 year old. And I knew that, and I looked it up. I was like, oh, Ron Shelton played in the minors. Like that's so, but like, so the first five people that we interviewed when we're like, okay, well, what are the three biggest turning points in minor league baseball? Bull Durham, Bull Durham, Bull Durham, every, every single person. So their three answers were a little bit different. Um, but the main subject then, was Bull Durham. <laughs> but Bull Durham was on that list. It yeah. was always it was either one, two, or three. Um, the other answers for somebody else was different. Um, and when we interviewed Pat O'Connor, uh, um, president of minor league baseball, I mean, he without a doubt just goes, "Oh, Bull Durham." And so immediately we were like, "Okay, like we need to, we th this has to be a storyline. Like we should make an effort to go." And mm -hmm. then it worked out just by happenstance that Jack McKean um the legend who was omaha's first manager lived in north carolina oh my god so, yeah dude as like because you know that's the other tough thing um when you do docs um and you know you big docs like i'm working on an action sports documentary right now um and you know people are everywhere like all these principles we need to talk to are all over the place they're all over the place yeah so, it's, you know, your travel budgets, how much even crew, like even how many days out you have on crew, um, that like all affects it. And as a, as a, that's more on the producer side, but as a producer, um, cause I do that as well. Like I have to balance all of those things. So we got a nice little nugget where it was like, we knew we wanted to talk to Jack. We didn't know, um, you know, he's an older gentleman. We didn't know when he was going to travel up to Omaha again. We're making the case to go to Carolina to, you know, do something on bull Durham and find out he lives there. We're like, Oh, okay, well that's awesome. Like now I can kind of justify. Boom, boom. Yeah. Knock two, two birds out with, with one stone. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a big undertaking. I mean, I, we had a lot of, um, you know, the art director on the film, Max Riffner, um, who, if you've seen it, uh, Max does the illustrations um, in this Jack McKean story um, flat out. And I mean, Max and I've known each other for a decade. So we have a very open and creative relationship. He was like, dude, I, I did not think you were going to be able to do this. Um, <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I'm glad you did. He's like, I just, he's like, I didn't, I just, I didn't think you were going to be able to make this work. Like trying to do these three different pillars. Like I just, I didn't know how you were going to blend it all together. Um, but he's like, but it actually like seemed to work out. And I, and I get that. Like, I appreciate, you know, um, you know, I'm like, I always like, yeah, that's cool. I appreciate your honesty, man. Um, but I can see why, because it was just like, this is such a big story. How are you going to get your arms around it? You know, and something that I, I and I wanted to know, and I was like, it's like, and I pay attention. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm trying to pay attention to like a lot of the details. And I'm like, man, and I asked you this right before we got on. I was like, all right, dude, 
did you go to winter meetings and you had all these people lined up one after the other? Is that what happened? And I was like, because that had to be it, right? Like, I mean, that's a that's a lot of people that you know that are in the minor league uh, world that are all in one place at one time. So to um, and and yeah, short answer is absolutely um, winter <laughs> meetings. Um, we had a really neat. Um, we we leveraged two situations. Okay, okay. so all of the non um, and I'm almost laughing because the doc I'm working on now we're going like full last dance style. So like we're doing the opposite of what we did in um, 50 summers. I'm just I'm just telling this sort of for context. This ties yeah, absolutely in. go for it. This, Heck yeah, active sports flick called um, uh, We Could Be a Dynasty. So um, the story of the Iron Kids. So all of these action sports athletes, all of these uh, these pro paintball players um, that were on the Iron Kids, we built a set that's specific for them. Okay. Half of them were in San Diego, and then a couple, a couple of them, three or four of them. Uh, one of the guys' wife just was just having her baby, so she couldn't come down there. So we had to recreate it in San Francisco. Now, all of the non-Iron Kids. We want like, not only are they not on that set, but they're all in different places. So oh we, we're like renting Airbnbs, multiple Airbnbs in like San Diego and like moving people around. Did 20 times as much work. Um, God bless my crew, um, Sammy and Chris. But like, we really wanted everything to be unique. What we did for 50 Summers, which, which again made the most sense was we really had two sets. Mm -hmm. um, non-Omaha people were, uh, with the exception of Jack McKean, um, and of course the, the GM for uh, Durham, were all at winter meetings. Mm -hmm. We were able to just be like, okay, cool. Um, we're gonna post up in uh, a hotel room. We're gonna move around a couple times to have a little bit of difference, but, and, and that was the easiest way because, you know, Marty's like picking some people off for us, right? Be like, Parney, go with him. Be like, oh, okay. We got to get this quick. Um, what we were able to do in Omaha that was kind of neat is um, at Herdat, um, the the woman who's their uh, their uh, president or uh, um, sorry their their senior vice president on the marketing yeah. side now. Um, I believe she was out on maternity at the time as they were moving some stuff around, so there was an empty office for several months in the off season. So what we were able to do was, um, and again, kudos to our art director, Max Riffner helped us with this. And, and the storm chasers gave us free access to all this memorabilia, memorabilia. So we art directed that set, but we could leave it up for like three months. So that's the, went, that's the place I was trying to figure out. Cause I was there and I'm like, man, where, are, where is this place? Yeah, at? That's not at the ballpark. That's all of their, that's all of their stuff. But we had, we had an empty office that was, that was really large. And so we had the luxury of, you know, so like um, one of the, the folks we interviewed, Alan Stein, who is a, a former owner of the storm chasers is in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So we could basically be like, great, whatever day you can come up here, Mr. Stein, I know that the set's there and it's built. Like we don't have to rebuild it. We don't have to spend production budget to like recreate it, rehire everybody. So we, we got a couple really lucky breaks in that element, uh, being able to do that. But yeah, like Ben from Ben's Biz and Parney and like all of those folks were, um, Warren Buffett was at his office. 
but and then all of those other folks were at like winter meetings. So that was very much, uh, that's a good, that's good, good catch. Ad. Good, good uh, way to pay attention to detail. Yeah. I'm proud of myself on that one, man. I'm like, man, this is cool. I'm like, all right, I'm noticing a theme. But then of course, like you said that I'm like, all right, so now that I know it's a set, right. But I'm like, man, I, I was just there. I took a tour of this place. Where the hell is this place? Where is this? And I'm trying to go through my mind. I'm like, I'm looking at the video. I'm like, I can't find it. I'm going to have to ask. I can't find it. But that's so cool, man. That's amazing. And of course, Warren Buffett. Like, if, you know, if, and the fact that he's a, a huge baseball fan, right? Like, it makes it even cooler. Oh, a million percent. I, which is, which is of course the only reason he did, he did the film. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like, it's not like Mr. Buffett needs the exposure. Right. Uh, like he just doesn't want, he's like, I'm good. But I was yeah. like, Oh, you talk about baseball. I'll be there. As a matter yeah, of fact, dude, why don't you come to my office? So that was, you know, that was wild. Of course that was, um, so, you know, uh, Mr. Buffett owned the team and mm -hmm. mistake the team for a really long time. As you know, the film discusses, he kind of, was was part of some guys that kind of rescued and kept the team here. Uh, anybody that follows him knows he's he's he is a huge baseball fan. So we put the ask out there, and even even Marty and and Gary were like, I don't I don't know, you know, he hasn't done a lot of stuff lately. We'll we'll see. Um, I think it was two emails. Marty sent one, and then looked for a follow up, and his secretary wrote back, said, Yeah. Um, Super hilarious. Have a phone call with her. Sweetest person in the world. So nice. She's like, okay, well, tell me what you're doing a little bit. And I'm like, okay, you know, this and that, this is kind of her setup, you know, and I'm like, we're spending like, we're spending like 30 minutes to 60 minutes with, um, you know, guests, but, you know, before I can even get out, whatever, uh, you know, would work for Mr. Buffett, she just gets like super buttoned and goes, oh, that's the, okay, well, it, no worries. If that's what you need, uh, Mr. Buff Buffett won't be able to participate. Um, he'll give you um, 11 minutes. The previous interview he did, he gave two and a half. We're like, no, 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 dude. All cool. No, we'll all take cool. It. <laughs> it's totally fine. And she's like, you could come, come, come some extra days in advance, scout, set up all you want. You'll have 11 minutes with Mr. Buffett. You're like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, we actually got like, and I, I well, I think it's a crazy, like, you know, they say his his time is worth like $100,000 a minute or some crazy. Um, I think we actually got 17 with him, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, like, you were able to get that, you know, that's you just good. All right, let's go. And he's, dude, he's so, so rad. He comes down. Um, I mean, yes, we are in his building, but like no entourage, like nobody comes down. I mean, he just he just comes down by himself like to the floor that we were on where we had our set and was just like, Hey, what, hi, hi, hi fellas. <laughs> what are we doing today? So yeah, we just come to come down. And, and so that is, you know, that, that's really challenging too. Like I was talking about earlier, that thing about like credibility and comfort. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I asked him was oh, something I knew would never make the film. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, so, okay. You know, toughest question first, Mr. Buffett, who's better Stan Musial or Ted Williams? And he's like, Oh, that's a very, that's a very interesting question. And he got, um, and so I'm also in this fine line where I was like, I know we have a timer and I'm like, but I elected to burn that time because I wanted him to know like a, cause I'm sure he gets this like, we're not trying to snipe him and be like, 
I know this is before it, but what do you think of crypto or like, we're not trying to get stock tips. This is really about baseball and like certainly not trying to put my knowledge up against his, but just acknowledging like, look, I'm, I'm a baseball fan. Yeah. This is not, this is not about finance. This is literally about baseball. Right. And I, and I didn't come in from no like, you know, fandom or socialization to baseball, but it's like, Oh, but it's a gig. Um, so I decided to sort of like invest that time to just be, and then it was awesome. We were just, you know, an 85 year old richest dude in the world. And, uh, you know, a 42 year old, uh, independent filmmaker talking about baseball, which was pretty fun. And that just makes it even better. Right. Cause like, it doesn't matter your background at the end of the day, yeah. we're all fans. We're, we're just fans. talking about baseball, man. Yeah, so that was uh, that was a, a very very cool experience, and he was super gracious. Um, like I said, his assistant was was awesome. Um, but that was, and that's a, that was an amazing moment of momentum for us mm-hmm. too. Um, and that happens a lot with docs. Um, I'm sure it, happens, it happens with all films in general, but you sort of get like, I mean, shoot, I was doing it on a music licensing thing yesterday. Um, well, who else is on this project? Like if people are unsure of it or they don't know, you know, they're kind of suspect to maybe be the first. So like, I don't know if Rob Riggle narrates for us. If we Dude, don't That was have... my next question. That was literally going to be my next question is how in the world you were able to get Rob Riggle to, first of all, to like narrate this. Obviously he's a huge Kansas City fan. Yeah. Right. So like that right there, I'm sure that he was all in on that part. So, dude, the, the Rob Riggle story is super wild. You guys thought that you guys were going to get the story of Rob Riggle here on this part one, right? Did you? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not how that goes. I got to give you guys hook, right? You guys, uh, you guys got to come back on part two. Okay. Come back. I promise you it's good. I promise it's really good. Uh, but before I go, all right, a couple of things. Let's take care of some business here. One, follow him on all socials. Check out his website. Got some cool stuff that uh, he has up in the works. Uh, then also, um, watch 50 Summers. Really good documentary. You guys will love it. I promise you, it's really good. Um, and then um, on on my side, give the, the the episode five stars. Get the podcast five stars. Give it good ratings. Good ratings, that means I go up on the rankings, okay? And now up to the last part here is the dad joke of the episode. And here it is. Two mice are chewing on a film roll. One says, I like the book better. All right, all right. I'll see myself out. And until then, guys, keep on grinding. And always support the minor leagues. See ya.